Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, extremely hardworking, patriotic wife and co-host, Michelle. Thank you, sweetie. And, you know, when we're talking hardworking now, you definitely are falling in that ranks big time. And I want to give a special shout out to tell you how much, how proud I am of you and how much I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Yes, it's been a, it, 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 I've only been working at the post office for a short time, but there has been a lot of work, but that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> and it's all for our future and uh, very excited to see where it goes from there. But more importantly, I'm excited to be here recording this show with you. Only one more week. And we won't be doing this from other coasts anymore. (laughs) Michelle will actually be out visiting, visiting. She'll be out permanently (laughs) out here in Florida at that point. One more week. The next time you hear us recording, knock on past plastic table, whatever it is, then we will be together. Yeah. Um, So that's exciting. But we are recording this episode today on Saturday, July 2nd. 2022 it is dropping on july 3rd 2022 to set you up for your july 4th of 2022 (laughs) i hope you're all having a wonderful or had by the time you listen to this wonderful fourth of july weekend yeah and hope everybody you know had fun stayed safe and didn't uh, experience any hiccups with travel or anything like that although i know that there's been some some challenges for folks, but hopefully uh, things are smoothing out now. Yep, hopefully it went smoothly for you. Hopefully, no matter what you did, whether you traveled, whether you stayed home, you had some fun, you had some time with family, with friends, and it was safe and enjoyable for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. There was not a newsletter this week because I was super ridiculously busy this week, but there will be one coming next week. And Michelle is taking over the newsletter very, very soon. So there's (laughs) going to be some interesting tweaks to it that you're going to want to check out for sure. Mostly, it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Yeah, and we appreciate those of you who have already signed up. Yes, very, very much. Thank you for uh, enjoying, hopefully you're enjoying the newsletter and being a part of that group. Also, we love people who follow us on social media. It's another great way to be interactive with us. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. That's right. It's really an amazing group. Don't you think so, honey? I mean, every week it's just so much fun to hear people share their stories and interact with stories sometimes of what we present or what other people Mm -hmm. present. And it's just great to see that positivity. Yeah. Whether, I mean, there's some people who interact fairly regularly through that site. There's a lot of people that just kind of hang out there and just like to enjoy what's going on. But either way, no matter how you approach it, it's just good, positive Disney energy. And we just enjoy everybody who has been a part of it so far. Right. And if you haven't yet, please tell a friend. 
please tell a friend about it and join on in on the fun. Again, it's not like, you know, I know Facebook gets a bad rap and some of it is warranted, but this group, we try and keep it very positive, very good energy. We, if anybody comes in there and starts spouting off anything weird, uh, they're gone. They're ejected immediately. It's just going to be a lot of fun on this group. So we hope you'll uh, take a part in it if you haven't already. Uh, we are also on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up through our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And as we say each episode, we really do love hearing from folks, whether you're just saying hi or if you have any feedback for us or requests. Yes, uh, we just uh, love hearing from you in every way, shape, and form through all these different uh, things that we just listed as we went through there. Another great thing you could do if you want to support this show and get some cool swag out of it is you could, there's a couple ways you could do that. You can go to our Spreadshirt shop, probably the easiest way. Just go to Spreadshirt.com and uh just go to Hyperion Adventures Podcast, do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, and you can find all of our gear there, or you can go to any of our social media profile pages. We have a Linktree account there with a link right to our page, and you can pick up all sorts of different items with our various different logos, and we get a piece of everything that is bought, plus you get to you know, wear some of our gear when you go to the parks, when you sit by the pool, when you're barbecuing, whatever you may be doing. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's some really cool things. Like Tom said, it's not just T-shirts. There's all kinds of items that you can select from different price ranges, and I'm sure you'll find something that you like. But I, I mentioned it last week, too. There's some really cool new things that were added recently. Always new stuff coming, and you can you can kind of shape it the way you want. You can make things. Um, you're doing various different logos, doing different things. It's it's really interactive, and it's a good uh, website to kind of create what you want using what we've posted out there. Uh, another great way to support this show is by becoming a Patreon member of this show. If you want to do that, you just go to Patreon.com/slash Hyperion Adventures Podcast, uh, and you can get some swag that way. We have tiers starting as low as two dollars per month and we have a new Hyperion Adventures podcast Patreon member this week. <laughs> Welcome Lori. Thank you for joining in on the fun. Yeah. Uh, we're so glad to have you. We really appreciate you and uh, we'll be reaching out to you to get you more involved if you want to be in some of these upcoming shows that we're going to have many of the Patreon members take a part in. Right. Really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, really, all the Patreon members, um, thank mm -hmm. you for your continued support throughout all this. We really, really appreciate it so very much. And uh, I'll be reaching out to you in the next few weeks, all of you, because um, there is some gear that needs to go out to some people that we have promised. So I will be reaching out to you to get some T-shirt sizes, etc., because uh, we owe you a little bit of stuff. And so we'll be getting that out to you very, very soon. Now, now, uh, before we get into this week's show, we always like to look back at the week that was because, you know, it can be tough. Weeks can be difficult. I've been working very hard. Michelle's been working very hard. We've been separated across the country from one another. So there's been some tough times, but there are always some great times as well. And we like to look back. This is a positive show and focus on the positives that have been in the week that was, and we called this segment, My Favorite Thing from 
this week. And when we do this, well, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, wonderful, all things great in the world. You know she has the best lists. You're going to hear she does the best research. You know she has the best tips. But she usually has the best my favorite thing from this week as well. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Wow. Thank you, sweetie, for all those nice compliments. Uh, so I guess the one that I'll, I'll bring up here is my favorite thing is, um, as we've talked about, I'm in transition of getting out there to Florida. There's a lot of stages and steps to get to that. And one of them was trying to figure out getting my car transported <laughs> out there and when that would happen. And, you know, if you've ever done this, you may know what, what I'm talking about, but, you know, you you're never given really a specific date until it's the time and um, that's what happened this week I got a call on Wednesday and they said okay we're gonna take your car on Thursday not what I was expecting but it all worked out it worked out nicely in terms of the pickup we'll see how the delivery goes soon mm -hmm. but um, kind of nice to get that checkbox filled there and get that task done one more thing out of the way. Yeah, the car may be here and possibly as early as tomorrow, I guess. Um, so yeah. we will see what happens with that. But yeah, unfortunately, the car's here before Michelle gets here. But <laughs> Michelle is less than a week away, less than a week from being out here. So yeah, that was very cool. That was very cool. And I did receive what the keys. You? I did receive I'm the good. keys. So Yay. we're good to go with that. So as Michelle is learning this as we do our show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing from this week, well, I, it was a very busy week for me, and I had some highs and lows when I was working with the post office with everything, but um, probably the best thing was getting a call on Thursday morning, and they said, hey, you know what? We got plenty of carriers today. Why don't you take the day off? So I got an unexpected day off, which I could really use on Thursday and got to do some things around the house and just kind of relax, which was kind of nice, and that was my favorite thing from this week. Yeah, yeah. And it gave us the ability to talk a little bit more because of our time zone differences to mm -hmm. be able to really, you know, have some some real good quality talk time. Yeah, and that was really nice as well because, yeah, it's been tough with me, you know, working long hours and being tired and, you know, tried to stay awake from when Michelle gets off work. Been a little difficult, but that's all changing here in less than a week, and I can't wait for that yeah. to happen. Now, uh, we did also receive a My Favorite Thing from this week from a listener of ours, one of our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group members, Sue in the UK. She said, my favorite thing from this week is purchasing my uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party tickets for my upcoming trip. So I good know. to see this special event back, and I can't wait to go. Yay, that's so Yay. cool, Sue. It's such a wonderful, wonderful party, and we know you're going to love it, and that's that's great. We're excited for your trip. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing some of your pictures because I believe that comes with uh, PhotoPass. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure it's going to be fun, and we love to hear and, and see some of your experiences during that event. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll be able to. I, I don't know. I'm working at the post office. The post office during the holidays, crazy. I don't know if I can get out to Disney, but if we get a chance to, maybe we can kind of connect with you when you get to, to Walt Disney World coming up this December. But either way, yeah. you know, we're looking forward to finding out all about your trip uh, when that happens. So, yeah, now, we'll be with you in spirit. Soon. We will <laughs> definitely be there in spirit for sure, for sure. So. 
On to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including if your little one has been missing their chance to become their favorite princess or knight in the parks. Well, we have good news for you. And we now know a little bit more about a highly anticipated attraction reimagining. We'll tell you all about what we know in the coming up segment. But enough about all that. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. week's main topic well it is right before the fourth of july as we're recording this it is fourth of july weekend and you know disney tends to take and be very patriotic in many ways and we thought this would be a great idea for a michelle research piece (laughs) to look at how disney has done so many things patriotic wise with characters with attractions their history can't wait to hear what michelle has dug up so michelle go ahead and lead us through disney a patriotic history thank you sweetie so uh yeah i just i kind of trying to figure out how to narrow it down because really we could probably do multiple segments on this topic there's so much that the disney company is has been and is involved in with patriotic themes. I mean, we've talked in the past about Walt and Roy and their strong devotion to the United States, um, you know, and and that this was something that was always something at the, the core of the company. So as I mentioned, a lot of things, and I thought, how can I narrow it down? So here's what I did. I narrowed down to seven types of activities or attractions some in the past, some current, and then four honorable mentions. So seven for the month of July, four for the 4th of July, and honorable mentions. It's pretty much like one of our five favorite lists, you know, a five favorite that usually is seven, and then there's four honorable mentions, you know. So. That's true. That's true. So, <laughs> all right. So let's first start with some past attractions. And um, honey, I know one of these I'm going to bring up. I know that that you've experienced and, and have had some you know, interesting things that you've shared with me. But um, so the first one is uh, the America the Beautiful Circle Vision 360. And actually, Disney technicians were the inventors of what was originally called, I mean, hope I say this right, Circaraman. Circaraman. Uh, it, it later changed its mm, name to Circaraman. I'm Circa hungry Vision. now with some ramen, some Circaraman. Right? Mm, that's right. <laughs> I'm wondering if I put an N in there. Was it Circa Rama? I don't know. But um, anyways, it, initially, it, it it used 11 projectors, projectors to show the film in the round. Um, and eventually, they they honed in on that technology and, and that it would only require nine cameras. Um, but this attraction called America the Beautiful opened in Tomorrowland at Disneyland in 1960 and ran until 1984. And I know that, you know, uh, Circle Vision has been used throughout different parks, uh, both on East Coast and West Coast. And um, but that initial one of America, the beautiful, I thought really demonstrated the concept of patriotic Disney. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I'm sure that was, uh, you know, it's funny because it was it played, but I don't remember ever seeing it. um, But I'm sure it was wonderful. Yeah, and I, th- you know, I think some of these things once in a while they would have a substitute or you know a different theme because there were a lot of them. Um, but I think you know when they're saying what was 
housed mainly in one particular area that that was what was running during that time frame. Gotcha. Then um, America Sings was also a former attraction that actually, um, well, let's, before I get into some of the actually, it, it was really started because of, uh, in preparation of the America's Bicentennial in 1976. And it was a story or, or show in four acts at, through the history of the United States told through song. And the real reason that it was in four acts was because they were using Walt's Carousel of Progress building and that had the, the four different segments there. So they kind of incorporated uh, this new show with that in mind. Um, so they had uh, America Sings was hosted by an eagle named Sam, uh, which who was voiced by legendary Burl Ives. It had a cast of over 100 animatronic animals and as we pointed out in some past episodes, those animatronics have been repurposed in very unique ways. Right. Yeah. There you can find them um, all through Splash Mountain, for one thing. Most of them <laughs> are located there now. Um, and we'll see what they do with them in the future. That's part of the Disney stories of the week, as a matter of mm -hmm. fact. Um, but also they're, they've been repurposed within things like Star Tours, like some of those droids that you see scanning people as you walk by in the queue or, or, or just, you know, those were actually, um, they used to be, I think they were geese or something along those lines. You can actually right. see little tails on them that they've kind of taken the, the feathers off of and, and, you know, zhushed them up a little bit and, uh, <laughs> and they've turned them into these, these droids. And it, it, it was repurposed really well. Um, but I loved America Sings. Um, it was a, an attraction that I really, really enjoyed. I don't know if you're going to talk a little more about it, but no, um, not really, unless you have some highlights or things that you really enjoyed about it. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, it's like, you know, Carousel of Progress. It's just that enjoyable just sit in there and have this show go on for about 20 minutes or so and just kind of get the air conditioning and relax and watch but this was all set up with all these animals and they would go through different segments and they would play kind of some modern music that you would know and they would tie it into the united states of america you know and, and all these animals would be up there singing and it was just it was just really an enjoyable attraction i i was sorry when it, it when it left you know but uh but it was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm I'm glad I got to experience it when I was young. Right. I mean, part of the reason that it really ended was the decision to transfer that building over to Walt Disney World into the Magic Kingdom, where it's housed now. Well, that's why they moved the Carousel of Progress, but America Sings right. took over for the Carousel of Progress in that same right, segment. Right. Yeah. All right. So moving on to more current things that are still in place now. Figured starting with great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Uh, that's been at Disneyland on Main Street, USA since 1965. And as we talked about in a prior episode where we were talking about um, Walt Disney and the World's Fair in 1964, this was one of those um, attractions that actually started first there. Um, now, if you haven't experienced this attraction, uh, there's been a lot of things. It, it was covered in the Imagineering story. I believe it, uh, not the Imagineering story. I think they touched on it there. But um, the more current series that Disney Plus had on uh, it behind the attractions or whatever right. it was, right? Right. So it, it it was in there, but 
you know, here there's, um, you know, the history uh, and life of, of Lincoln is, is kind of, you know, condensed, but they're, um, you know, they, they have a film that uh, really depicts his life, you know, and as we know, he came from very humble upbringing to his ultimate presidency at the White House. So during the story, they do, you know, touch on, you know, one of the biggest history things during Lincoln's presidency, which was the Civil War. Um, and then at the grand finale, Mr. Lincoln actually rises out of his chair, uh, comes to center stage and delivers some of his his favorites, his um, famous speeches. Um, in 2009, the audio animatronics for Lincoln were updated. Um, and at that point, they were the most um, progressive audio animatronics in any of the, the parks. I know since then, some more technology has has gone into some of the other attractions. But at that time, that's where they started with some of their real ma uh, major progression. Uh, in, interestingly, in May of this year, a new exhibit was added uh, there that honors Frederick Douglass. Um, and for those of you who don't know, he was a great leader in the nation's fight against slavery. Um, President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, which took effect on January 1st, 1863. However, it took leaders like Douglass to really help guide Lincoln towards making the ending of slavery central to winning the Civil War. Um, so this new installation that they have on display there celebrates the relationship between both of these very larger than life people, right? Um, there is a added bust and portrait of Frederick Douglass uh, and they are, it's adjacent to the existing bust and portrait of Abraham Lincoln in the, in the lobby area of the Opera House. Um, and there's also a framed copy of the U.S. Department of Interior letter recognizing Douglas as a free man. Mm. Well, the Douglas-Lincoln debates were very famous, so I'm mm -hmm. glad to see that, that. I mean, it's part of Lincoln's history, so it totally right. makes sense that you would uh, also pay tribute uh, to Douglas for all he's done as well, So that, and that you would tie them together within the same setting. Right, right. So um, it's I think it's also great to see that the, the Disney company, you know, doesn't have something and just lets it sit. They they refresh it. They bring new life to some of these, you know, longstanding attractions. Um, interestingly, when I was doing my research, um, it, you know, I guess there were periods where they they really tried to actually take out great moments with Mr. Lincoln and consider replacing that, updating it with some other more modern attractions, but the the demand for that still being at the heart of Main Street USA continued and, and the company is, is keeping it there. It's it's something if you've never done is something you should definitely experience. It's it's part of history. It's one of Walt's uh, brain children. He loved Lincoln. He just adored him. And, you know, he was his favorite president and he 
wanted to pay a tribute to him, especially when uh, he was able to get the money from the 1964 World's Fair to be able to right. put this together. But um, it's 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 really a wonderful presentation, and it's worth uh, taking the 20 minutes out of your day to stop in, and um, especially during this time of year, you know, when we're all feeling a little patriotic anyway, to kind of right. enjoy something that is, you know, it's a classic, and it may not be as glitzy and glammy and you know and and as wow as a lot of the things you will see at the parks but it is it is really cool and the, the animatronic i mean i know they've updated it uh many times uh but it still is is pretty cool to to watch and see this this animatronic speak as lincoln right and you know if you haven't seen on disney plus the behind the attractions of it i i highly recommend it it's really interesting i mean some of the struggles that they had to go through to get this um it it's really interesting and the you know like you said walt's brainchild for this i mean there was nothing like it out there and to you know have such a creative mind to think like this to say this is something that 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 we could offer to people. It's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. It was groundbreaking when it came out so much so that there were reports that people kind of freaked out about it when, yeah. you know, when Lincoln actually stood up, you know, and they're like, well, is this real? Is this a real person? Whatever, you know, right. I mean, it's kind of reminds me of like when the first time they did the, the silent movies and they had like a train going on the screen and no one had ever seen you know, a, a movie projected on a screen. And so when the train would come, like, people were like diving out of the way of a report, you know. And it was kind of a similar reports to that when when Lincoln first uh, per- appeared at the 1964 World's Fair, um, right. you know, about how people reacted like, this is insane. I can't believe that this is, is he real? Is it an actor? what is going on up there. So just, just really cool. So it's classic. You, you, you really, should, as a true Disney fan, you should go out and you should check it out when you get to, when you get the chance to visit Disneyland for sure. Right. And it definitely covers such an important aspect in, in the history of the United States. Oh yeah. Sure. No question for sure. Yeah. So similarly uh, on the East coast at Walt Disney world, there's the hall of presidents and there's some interesting things I found out doing this research that I wasn't even aware of. So hope you find it interesting. Um, In 1959, Walt was actually planning for a new land at Disneyland, which he was going to call Liberty street. And it was supposed to run parallel to main street USA. And the plan was to have colonial shops and architecture representing the original 13 colonies during the Revolutionary War time. Um, The main attraction that he had planned would be a theater presentation housed in a replica of Independence Hall. And the highlight of this historic program would be an appearance on stage by every president as a life-size fully animated figure. 1959. I never knew that. I never knew that that was his original thought. Um, this was before, obviously, he did Mr. You know, Link. The what is it called? The Great um, Moments with Mr. Great Lincoln. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Um, it was just something he was planning for Disneyland. Um, so when this opportunity for the World's Fair came up to do uh, the life-size audio animatronic of Mr. Lincoln, this was you know for him a great testing grounds prototype 
for his ultimate plan of having all the presidents on stage. So um, pretty interesting that that was something back that far into the Disney company history. So unfortunately, Walt passed away before his full vision would come to life. But it was eventually fulfilled in the opening of the Hall of Presidents attraction at Walt Disney World in 1971. And as we know, ever since then, each new president is added to that attraction. Yeah, it's been, it, everybody always wonders about whenever there's a new president elected, um, what did, you know, what lines will they read? Um, how will they look? How will the animatronic look? Uh, how will the presentation, how will they be added? It is always a very interesting thing. And it is, it's quite a tradition for sure. Right, right. So our next activity, a patriotic activity that you can participate in is with the flag retreat ceremony. Um, this ceremony in Town Square began on opening day in 1955. And another interesting thing I found was that the security cast members diligently raised and lowered the American flag each day, including during the park's 13-month closure. Wow. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Um, such a tradition, you know, and obviously we know that um, it is also done at Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom Park. Um, so supporting our nation's military heroes is, as we said, the tradition that dated back to to that um, Walt Disney World, excuse me, Disneyland Park. Um, and it's really a way to recognize active duty military and veterans um, through this ceremony. And um, it, I, I have some quotes, some interesting quotes from individuals involved in this. So Army veteran Eileen Underwood, who's the Magic Kingdom's senior security manager said, we were thrilled to resume our daily fat flag retreat ceremonies to honor our country and those who served around the world in defense of our freedoms. It's a special moment for all our guests that really affirm, reaffirms the feeling that this is a truly magical place. Mm -hmm. and so that was from Walt Disney World. Um, similarly, Navy veteran Nick Philippone, senior production manager for Main Entrance at Disneyland said, um, we've been honored to continue Walt's patriotic legacy with keeping the American... <laughs> 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 uh. Trying to get through this quote hard um, with keeping the American flag flying throughout the park's closure, showing that no matter what else ha was happening, we could maintain this element of our heritage. Mm. So, so really wonderful. cool to see how important this is. You know, we mentioned to the security department, they're the ones that actually carried this out, you know, but through veterans that work at the company, how they really truly feel touched and honored to be with a company that has such high regards. Yeah. 
Um, it's amazing that they carry that on uh, throughout the closure during the pandemic, uh, especially right. that, you know, even though there was no one there to see it, that they still were doing uh, the the raising and the lowering and the cel- uh, celebration, the ceremony, I should say, uh, for the, the but uh, if you get a chance, and I know it's not something you necessarily will put on your schedule, you know, it's not the most highly anticipated thing you will do at Walt Disney World or at Disneyland on your trip. It is pretty impactful when you do get the chance to uh, right. come across it. Uh, they usually bring out a, a few um, service members, uh, veterans from each of the services, you know, Army, yeah. uh, Navy, Air Force, Marines, uh, sometimes Coast Guard. Um, then they, they, they make them a part of it. Uh, the Disneyland or the Walt Disney World Band is there. The Dapper Dan's are there. Um, and then the, the security unit, of course, uh, that actually does perform the raising and lowering of the flags. It is a really, really wonderful ceremony and, and really worth your time uh, to check it out for sure. Yes. Now, earlier this year, Disneyland actually reimagined their flag ceremony, um, you know, to, again, keep things fresh, keep things you know, current and, you know, make sure that they're, they're getting feedback and honoring the veterans uh, and active military appropriately. So uh, if you've been to it in the past at Disneyland uh, and haven't been this year, they've made some, some new additions, some new changes. So check it out. Very cool. Yeah. So our next activity takes place at Epcot at the American Pavilion, which is the American Adventure with Ben Franklin and Mark Twain. So um, this, a lot of you I'm sure have experienced it. There's 35 audio animatronic figures. Um, there's digital uh, rear, production, rear projection images on a 72 foot screen. Um, you know, it comes with stirring patriotic songs and, you know, really see America's history and story unfold. Um, you know, it, it, you know, it also, as you probably know, you're sitting in a colonial theater and Ben Franklin and Mark Twain come out as your guides on this trip through history. Um, it includes such things as landing of the Mayflower, the Boston Tea Party, winter at Valley Forge, signing of, Decla- of the Declaration of Independence, uh, the Civil War and the Great Depression. Now, some of the things you may not know, though, is that the attraction actually took Disney Imagineers five years to complete, and it really is uh, pretty incredible, pretty much a marvel. So you probably never realized just how much it takes to run, but the building, first of all, was intended as a people's mansion. Uh, Its design actually brings influences from classic Georgian style of the late 1700s, Colonial Williamsburg, Independence Hall, Thomas Jefferson's Monticello, and the Old State House in Boston. Um, Now, as the story unfolds, there's images that appear and disappear and seems very seamless, but it's because of the massive computer-controlled movable device that takes place. And there are 10 different sets stored under the stage that are moved forward or backward as as needed. So, I mean, all in all, really a true technological marvel. Yeah. And uh, here, it's a great show too. I haven't seen it in a long time. Actually, I've been meaning to, to see it because it's been mm-hmm. several years, but uh, it really is a, an interesting, interesting show for sure. Yeah. 
Um, and here's a fun fact from uh, the D23 website it says, if you want to catch an architectural mistake, take a look at the columns in the rotunda. Their capitals have been placed on them sideways. <laughs> Whoops. Something to, for us to look forward to because we uh, I didn't know that yeah. prior to this. <laughs> Always like like looking for little fun, I don't know, nuanced things, you know, that are, are you know, whether it was intentional or unintentional, but fun right. just the same, you know. Yes. And so for our last uh, activity or attraction wanted to bring up is food, patriotic food. And uh, again, this year, the Disney chefs and mixologists have come up with some really memorable items for the 4th of July in celebration uh, at both Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resorts. And, um, you know, they they've come up with some so many even new offerings this year. I, I really, I would not have time to mention all of them, but I do want to highlight a few that sounded pretty great for me. Um, they've been offering them this week. So starting at Walt Disney World at Columbia Harbor House, they have had, and through the 4th of July, we'll have berry shortcake, which is a shortcake topped with berries and whipped cream. Casey's Corner is now offering the Chicago-style all-beef hot dog with traditional Chicago green relish, pickles, and marinated diced tomatoes served it's, on a potato. It's potato not just green life. relish. It's like nuclear green relish, if you know, know. what a Chicago <laughs> dog is. It's like, why is it that color? But it's great. It's so funny. It's great. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, one of my all-time favorite desserts is red velvet. Uh, and so at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, they have red velvet cookie ice cream sandwich with red velvet cookies, vanilla ice cream, and sprinkles. Mm, sounds um, good. Over, yeah, right? Over at the ABC Commissary in the Trolley Car Cafe, they have red, white, and blue raspberry frangipane, I know I'm saying that, frangipane bar layered with raspberry jam. And Woody's Lunchbox has a couple cute new offerings the fourth of july lunchbox tart which is a cherry pie filling vanilla fondant with star sprinkles and they have the lunchbox parfait which is blue raspberry gelatin whipped cream strawberry gelatin fresh strawberries and blueberries yummy i know right and over at disneyland pim's test kitchen has uh two offerings there Test 0615 Foul Play, which is barbecue turkey leg and red particle sides, marbled potato salad, and pickled vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and Experiment 0341 Red, White, and Blue Slush, lemon, which is a lemon, lime, and blue raspberry slush topped with grenadine and cherry flavored boba. So, again, that that is probably about one quarter to a third of all the offerings and many many of the offerings this year are new to celebrate uh fourth of july holiday yeah they always have great food for all the various holidays but yeah that sounds like some great stuff uh for the fourth of july and yeah if you want to look and look at the whole list it's listed at the disney parks blog they have the Mm -hmm. entire foodie guide there as they do for all the uh, different uh, events and holidays and and so forth right 
So before I go into honorable mentions, do you have anything else you want to add to any of this or some things that maybe are highlights that you like that I may have not included on my list? No, I mean, I think that one of my favorite places in the entire park is just going to Liberty Square, talking about Magic Kingdom, obviously, at Walt Disney World. It's just, it's so subtle, um, but it's just really so nice, you know, the the Liberty Tree there, you know, kind of with the the lamps that represent all the different uh, 13 colonies and how nice that is. And it's just... It's just such a nice area to just kind of sit and take it all in. And um, I, I like it as a tribute uh, to America of the 18th century, essentially. And, you right. know, and um, I just think it's, 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 I, 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 um, I you know, I, I miss the, uh, um, what was it? The, the Muppets when they did the, what was mm-hmm. it? great moments in American history or whatever it was. Um, I missed that. That was so fun. But um, just that area though is, is just a really, really nice area. And it's one of my favorite places just to sit for a little while and people watch and just relax while I'm at Magic Kingdom. For sure. You know, and it's great again, you know, and we know that Roy along with the Imagineers that were already you know, immersed with what Walt was planning, took that original idea of Lib- of um, Liberty Street and expanded it at Walt Disney World to have Liberty Square and include the things like the Hall of President and like what he Walt originally wanted, which was, you know, kind of having something related to the colonial times and representing the 13 original colonies, which as you mentioned, has that tree with the, with the lamps and, you know, just the shops, you know, and and I know they've changed some of the theming inside some of the shops, but that the exterior really has that um, colonial look to it. Yeah. It's just a pleasant place. Go up and uh, pick up some food from the Columbia Harbor house and just Mm -hmm. enjoy your time around there. And plus you have the the rivers of America there. And um, I mean, the haunted mansion, it, it it doesn't fit. The attraction doesn't necessarily fit what's there, but the way they built the building there, it fits Mm -hmm. seamlessly within that kind of structure that they have going on through Liberty square. But it's, it's just a, it's a cool area for sure. Right. And fun fact, no restrooms. No restrooms. There, there's a restroom in the restaurant. However, it's it, the where the restroom technically is. Technically Fantasyland. <laughs> yes, technically inside of Fantasyland. So. <laughs> so I was just going to bring up a few, actually four, honorable mentions. Um, one of them is the electrical water pageant. It's not a big thing, you know, and there's some parts of that, obviously, that really don't focus on a uh, patriotic theme, but it definitely has that in the finale. And so, you know, thought that's, you know, kind of cool that they have that, um, you know, as you mentioned, and this was what it was on my honorable mentions list was the great moments in Muppet history, which was always such a treat to see. But only and, the American parts. That's right. <laughs> Um, and obviously, uh, there are a lot of things related to film or Disney shorts um, related to the patriotic theming of the United States. And one of them, for example, is Johnny Tremaine um, or all the like if you look at a lot of the Mickey and um, Donald Duck shorts 
from World War II era and how they were, you know, um, really addressing the history of America being involved in that war and how to be patriotic. And for example, Donald Duck trying to make you, um, encourage you to pay your taxes to help the war effort. So I thought that those were honorable mentions. And um, the last honorable mention is Disney's Veterans Institute. And um, so this is something that's happening this year, August 19th through 20th. And what I, I've heard about, what I uh, found out, it says Disney's admiration for military service is part of the company's DNA dating back to the founders of Walt and Roy O. Disney, who both served in World War I. Uh, in that spirit, the company is thrilled to host the Veterans Institute Summit, August 20, excuse me, 19 and 20 at Walt Disney World Review, Resort. And this two-day event is designed to empower companies to build effective veteran hiring, training, and support programs of their own to provide opportunities to servicemen and women returning home and transitioning to civilian life. Um, so I just think that's such a great thing that the company is is giving back, right? I mean, this is um, not something that, you know, this is teaching other companies how to really, you know, tap in on such a great resource of, of staff as, as our former servicemen and service women and making that transition for them to be, you know, something that is beneficial both for them as well as the company that's hiring them. So great, great aspect that the Disney company is instituting that. Yeah, I didn't know about that. So that's that's really cool that they're continuing on with that. And, you know, the, the outreach Disney does with so many of these different groups, you know, we talked about and it came true this week, you know, when, um, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, they've always been so active with that. Mm -hmm. And 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 now, you know, the 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 godchildren of the Disney Wish as it moves on and went off on its uh, inaugural sailing uh, this week, you know, they christened mm -hmm. it and uh, just it, it's so wonderful. But there are just so many other uh, wonderful programs that uh, Disney is a part of. And I'm glad to hear that there's a, that's just another one that they're doing wonderful things for. Right, right. So that is my look at Patriotic Disney. Very brief, but Patriotic Disney <laughs> representation. We don't do anything very briefly. I, <laughs> no, that was great. Uh, great research. Michelle always does the best research and, and great stuff. And it's always good to hear and think about the things that Disney and the Walt Disney Company has done uh, over the years to, to you know, to show that you know it is an American company. Yes, they they span globally, and the parks right. span globally. But um, it really, it still is an American company at the heart. And Walt Disney was a very patriotic person, uh, so that is showcased throughout it. And that's why he wanted these things to be uh, within all his parks. That's why it's Main Street USA. I mean, that was what he kind of grew up knowing and wanted this to be so um just great stuff and michelle always always does the best research so good job again <laughs> michelle oh thank you sweetie i appreciate that and you know kind of really yes complimenting what you're saying there it's great to see that you know at the core of the company from their founders that they continuing it on it's not something that has remained stagnant they they continue 
with this being a big part of the heart of the company. Yep, for sure, for sure. So good job, Michelle. Once again, that is our look <laughs> at Disney, a patriotic history. So much good stuff there, uh, Michelle. Uh, thank you again for taking the reins this week. Uh, I've been so busy. You've been busy yourself, uh, but I really appreciate you breaking out another research piece uh, for this episode. And it was a, another fantastic one. Very interesting. Lots of fun facts. I, I always love your research pieces. Oh, thank you. I hope people uh, did discover some new things with that as well. I have no doubt. I always learn something new whenever you do a research piece. So uh, always so good. Let's go ahead and get to our Disney stories of the week. I only have a couple for you this week, mostly because uh, I've been really busy. But I do have a couple big <laughs> ones for you that I think you'll be interested in. Uh, I'll start with if your little one has been missing their chance to become their favorite princess or knight in the parks. Well, we have some good news for you. <laughs> This from the Disney Parks blog. They said they are pleased to share that on Tuesday, a magical proclamation was found in Fantasyland announcing a very special return. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique will soon welcome young guests once again for royal head-to-toe transformations at both Magic Kingdom Park at Disney World Resort, the Walt Disney World Resort, and Disneyland Park at the Disneyland Resort starting on August 25th. So very, very soon, <laughs> you know, just a, you know, less than two months away. Right. That's awesome. That is awesome. And I know a lot of kids are just going to be thrilled to be able to take part in that. I've known some folks who had their kids get uh, get that special royal treatment, and it really is amazing what they do and how it really makes it, the kids feel so special. Yeah, that's what they do. They pamper them. It's it's you know it's like you know it's a spa day for the kids. <laughs> Only it's more you know because it's their kind of thing. It's fun. They get to become that princess that they is their favorite or that knight that is their favorite it's just really really cool stuff and well i always love it when you get to see the the children that you can tell they've been to the bibbidi bobbidi boutique and they're walking through magic kingdom and getting their picture taken and it's just always a lot of fun right exactly so uh the story went on to say our cast member Birth fairy godmother's apprentices will transform guests ages three to 12 into some of their favorite Disney characters with hairstyling, makeup, costumes, and accessories. In addition, in addition, the reopening ushers in the even more boy, I am tired because you can just tell I'm having some <laughs> troubles reading this story. In addition, the reopening ushers in even more options to choose from, including a new hair accessory, especially designed for textured hair and new costumes featuring some of Disney's newest heroes and heroines coming later this year. So some more uh, variety of uh, packages you can pick from if you're nice. going to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Uh, I the story you're sad you can't. I, it's, I'm just a little bit too old for it, even at Hallard, but I'm you know, just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, located in the heart of Magic Kingdom and Disneyland Park, the reopening of these two iconic locations will join the slate of Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutiques aboard Disney Cruise Line, including the newest edition at sea on the Disney Wish. And stay tuned for more details about Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique locations at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa and Disney Springs, which will reopen later at a later date. So you're going to have, even if you don't have park tickets, there are going to be some 
places you'll be able to go ahead and get this done for your your little one uh, when they want to you know, fully pamper themselves and turn into their favorite princess or knight. Or right. I guess there's some other things coming too that I may be interested yeah. to find out what those That's are. Awesome. So very, very cool. Uh, moving on to our next story. We now know a little bit more about a highly anticipated attraction reimagining. I hinted at it earlier uh, within Michelle's segment. This again from the Disney Parks blog. They said, strike up the band because we've saved a seat for you on this musical journey with Tiana and friends. The name of the new attraction evolving from re- the reimagining of Splash Mountain was announced Friday during Essence Fest in New Orleans. It'll be Tiana's Bayou Adventure. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The all-new adventure, which will bring guests into the world of Walt Disney Animation Studios film, The Princess and the Frog, like never before, is coming to Magic Kingdom in Florida and Disneyland Park in California in late 2024. So still got you know, a year and a half or so until it happens. I'm sure that there's got to be a lot of work done and no date. It was given as to when they'll actually be closing splash mountain to begin the reimagining, but um, very cool to see that this is progressing on its way as they've you know announced it back in 2020. Right. Love giving that name to it. That's perfect. And, you know, just hearing more about it, can, it's just getting exciting. Mm-hmm. So the story went on to say Tiana's Bayou Adventure will take guests on a musical adventure inspired by the beloved story and characters from the fan favorite film. Picking up where the film left off, guests will join Princess Tiana, Naveen, and the jazz-loving alligator Lewis on an adventure through the bayou as they prepare to host a one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras celebration <laughs> where everyone is welcome. Along the way, guests will encounter familiar faces, make new friends and travel through the bayou to original music original music inspired by songs from the film as they are brought into the next chapter of Tiana's story I've heard that they said that this is basically going to be a love letter to New Orleans that they sent Imagineers there and they were really um, taking a lot of the way New Orleans is laid out and some of the classic buildings and everything uh, and they're planning on putting it to use in this attraction very cool yeah looking forward to it and it's always fun to see something that you know has an inspiration from a like this beloved film but takes the story a little bit further and gives us a little bit more you know essence of what those characters are right you always kind of wonder what happens to some of these characters especially when they don't have a sequel to the movie um so right. you know you're going to get a little you know I, I love storytelling within attractions disney does that so mm-hmm. well and I'm, i have no doubt that they're going to do a great job with this here uh, one more note from the story they say guests are in for a true treat with local flavor when tiana's bayou adventure opens in late 2024 as charita carter shared quote in many ways tiana's bayou adventure is a love letter to new orleans as i I was mentioning earlier like the musical city that inspired this attraction tiana's second act is about to a community working in harmony to achieve something extraordinary she reminds us of an immutable truth we can all relate to if you do your best each and every day good things are sure to come your way and that's a melody we can all sing along to end quote so i love that yeah yeah sweet 
Great stuff. Great stuff. So, so looking forward to see uh, what that attraction becomes uh, once they uh, turn it into uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So, so cool. So that's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's lovely, wonderful, all (laughs) things great in the world. You just heard she does the best research. We know she has the best lists. She definitely has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. (laughs) Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate that. So my tip actually has to do with the reopening of Bippity Boppity Boutique. Um, And here's a tip that might be able to save you a little bit of money because these things aren't free and they're not necessarily cheap. So, you know, I know that... uh, that obviously you can have your child go there and pick out, you know, costume or clothing that that you can buy there that they they actually buy and put on and, and be part of that, um, you know, pampering process. But if you do want to save a little bit of money, you and you don't want your child to feel like they're not getting that full experience, is you can actually purchase before your trip. You know, some whether it's it's a Cinderella gown or a pirate outfit or like like Tom said, there's going to be different types of themes, characters that your child can actually go to the Bippity Boppity Boutique already dressed up, ready to go, ready for their their transformation. And you've saved some money from, you know, the cost of buying that costume at the store at the time of the uh, the, the treatment. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know we've brought that up in the past, and that is a, a great tip to kind of help, you know, curb some of the charges because the Bippity Boppity Boutique is not cheap. Um, right. And the, the, the outfits they sell there, while beautiful, wonderful, um, they're not necessarily cheap either. You can So if you want to cut some of that cost just a little bit, that is a, a great way to do it. Michelle's tip, always the best tip. <laughs> You're sweet. What about your tip, babe? Uh, my tip is also something we've talked about before, but I feel it needs to be shared once again because, look, we're squarely in the middle of summer. It's hot. It's hot everywhere. It's been hot all over the country lately. So uh, this time of year, I, I think you should definitely consider how you approach the parks when it's hot, as it's been more recently. Um, I, I, I think it's not the best time to do the rope drop to fireworks, you know, thing. <laughs> if you can do that, great. I don't think it's, it makes it's the best use of your day when you're at the parks, especially if you're staying at a Disney property. Um, I mean, again, nothing is right for everyone, but here's what I would suggest. Personally, go early. Go to the parks as early as you can. If you can go for rope drop, if you can go earlier, because some of the, you know, the, you have these early entry, if you're staying on Disney property into some of these parks, take advantage of that. The heat won't quite be at that level. You're going to find out later in the afternoon at that point. Plus, you can get a lot of done earlier. Um, and then at a certain point of the day, go back to your room or go do something else. Leave the parks for a little while. We usually choose to do this right after lunch. That kind of seems like a good time. We go to the parks, we have a little lunch, and then it's time to go back to our room for a little bit. Now you can go back and if you want to use the pool, you can take a nap, you can just get into some air conditioning and not be walking (laughs) around for a while. 
it's the hottest time of day. It's a good time to cool down, let everybody kind of rejuvenate a little bit. And then you go back to the parks later. You're going to avoid that hottest part of the day and, you know, around two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. You might even also miss that passing rain shower that, you know, it is Florida when you're here that will come through during that time. Head back later in the day. It's starting to cool down a little bit. You'll be more rejuvenated. Hopefully everybody, you won't have that, you know, we're all exhausted and, you know, how it, sometimes that'll take out of, uh, let's just say we've seen those people in the parks that you can just tell, okay, <laughs> they've hit that wall and they're right. just not happy about anything, especially the kids. Get that break in, go back and get the evening going full fledged and you'll just enjoy it so much more. And please don't forget to hydrate. You know, I'm going to go to it. Hydrate, 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 especially you should do it all the time, but especially during these hot months when you're going and visiting the parks. Yeah, great tip, honey. And, you know, because the parks are open later in the evening, you know, this gives you your time to have that little downtime to, as you say, rejuvenate and, you know, re-energize yourself to, to really get the full experience in the evening, you know, especially if you're, if you're wanting to participate in watching, you know, either the fireworks or harmonious or, or whatever in the evening that you'll have that and it'll be more enjoyable because you're not so worn out. Right. I know it seems counterproductive, especially as much money as a Disney vacation costs nowadays. So like you feel like you should be there all the time, taking advantage of every moment you're there. But I'm telling you, if you end up wearing yourself out, if the heat starts to get to you, you get exhausted, you get all soaked from the rain all these things that can happen, it, suddenly it doesn't become as wonderful a vacation. It, those breaks in the middle of the day can be great. And I'll tell you, breaks in the middle of your vacation, if you can just take a day and not go to the parks, those are also great for to make you, when you do go, it's just that more advantageous. You have that much more energy. You can have that better time when you're in the parks. Right. And sometimes when you go back later in the day or in the uh, evening, you can actually get a better parking space because you have a little bit more, a lot of times, flexibility to pick where you want That's to park true. in the parking um, area. That's so. a very good point. Again, another Michelle tip. Great tip. <laughs> That's it for this week. Next week, well, we're, we're going to be looking at the green side of Disney. Nope, we're not talking about Peter Pan's costume. <laughs> we'll be discussing the steps that the Walt Disney Company makes to help the environment. And I think this is going to be another Michelle research piece. So that's pretty cool. I like that a lot. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the plan. <laughs> We'll see if it actually comes to fruition. It's a busy week this week. I'm working a lot. Michelle's getting out here, closing up all her stuff that she has going on in San Diego with our her job and our home uh, out there. So um, yeah, this is what our plan is for now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if there has to be a drop of a best of Hyperion Adventures <laughs> next week, you'll know it just Let's was just a little hectic. Plan A and and. It's you know, coming. If, it's either coming this week or the next week. That's what I will say right. about that episode. It just depends <laughs> on what we have going on. But either way, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, 
you'll be able to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. You're going to be excited to check it out to see what Michelle does with it because it's going to be great. Everything Michelle does <laughs> is great. I know what she does with the newsletter is going to be great. Mostly it's just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, and you know, if you're already part of that group, uh, please continue to share, you know, your your life events and your positivity because it makes all of us enjoy it and be better for it. Right. It could be Disney related. It could just be something personal to you. We just enjoy um, being a part of whatever you have going on. Those little wins in life. um, We love sharing them and we love seeing what you have shared out there. So um, we're always, we're rooting for all of you. So we want to see your little wins in life. And then that's a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. So also we are on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to email us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, feel free to drop us a line for any reason whatsoever. And uh, we just enjoy hearing from you. All of you. Every little bit of you. We want to hear from anything you have to say. Uh, If you have topic suggestions, if you just want to say hi, uh, we want to hear from you. So that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week or maybe the week after. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.